This is Brandon Cooks, and you're listening to Rosser Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and I have a very special guest on today. Uh, never been on the show or the or the Series XM program, as he's kind of a young, up and coming uh, star on the on the uh, fantasy football or not on the fantasy football in, in industry, but certainly within the fantasy football industry. His name is Derek Brown. You can find him on Twitter at dbro underscore ffb. Um, he has the the new Fade the Chalk podcast with Adam Pfeiffer. You can find that wherever uh, podcasts are found. And he's also one of the new analysts over at Fade the Noise and the FTN Network, of course, with our great friends from uh, over there on Sirius and frequent guests here, Jeff Ratcliffe and Brad Evans, along with other guys that you've heard on this program, like Elliot Christ and just stuff. Who, who isn't? Who, who isn't part of the FTN Network, man? You, you guys are like the, the, the Redskins – running back room in there it's just like you know guys just keep on walking out of it i i I can't believe how many talented i can't i can't believe how many talented analysts that you guys have hired over there thanks alex man this is gonna be a blast dude um thank you for having me on the show but yeah ftn has been uh i mean we've been live as a site for about a month and it's honestly been surreal i mean my head's still spinning so many talented people over there we're crushing content like i mean like we got dudes i mean if they had where you could bet on like ping pong right now. We'd probably have guys covering that, but we got Aussie rules, football, like legal legends, all kinds of stuff, man. So it's been fantastic um, to really get this going and to kick this monster off. So I'm super excited to sit here and talk shop with you today. Well, what's cool, what's, what's cool about Ratcliffe and that's a guy that I've known for a long time and we've, we've covered the drafts together in different cities and um, like you know, you go out to that guy and you go to the bar with him or you just kind of around him for a while. You figure out that he he has more to his skill set than just football. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's great. He's great with football, but like he's always betting on his phone, betting basketball props, like talking mm-hmm. about NASCAR, like all this other stuff. And I, it's just so cool that he's at a he's in a spot now where he gets to kind of, you know, talk football, which is his bread and butter, but also you know dive into all that. It just goes to show, uh, you know, the breadth of offerings you guys have over there at FTN. And we'd certainly encourage everybody to go to go check it out. All right. Uh, just a few questions here for you, man. Uh, we're going to get you out in, in and out as fast as we can, but uh, the people just have to have to hear from Derek Brown about some of these guys. What do you think? Um, just from a general stance, like are there, as, as you're doing your best ball leagues, as you're playing in these you know pros versus Joe's or industry mocks or whoever you get pulled into, are there players whose ADPs Right now, you either find yourself getting a ton of them or maybe players who you just you're simply it seems like you're out on because the the ADPs don't seem like they make sense to you. Are there guys who you've consistently find yourself getting or guys who you just haven't been finding on on your rosters whenever these things are done? Yeah, for me, I mean, there's a handful of teams and players that I feel like 
they always fall to me. And some of these are just situations that I, I'm, I'm really, really high on. Like I will DJ more in the fourth is almost auto like lock button for me. I love him at his ADP. I think that he is a candidate. He could catch hundred balls and I'm not going to be surprised this year. I mean, just look at last year. I mean, the guy basically played 15 games. And if you look at that 15 game sample, he was wide receiver 11 in points per game in fantasy and he had the third most receiving yards per game behind only Evans and Godwin. So at fourth round ADP, heck, I'll even reach to the third if I have to to get him sometimes. I love him there. Um, other players that I find on a lot of my teams, that whether you're playing best ball in a lot of different formats, like DraftKings, man, their ADP is super soft right now. Like you can get Cam Akers, David Johnson, like sixth and seventh round, and that's just absolute insanity to me because – well, that's an important nuance that people need to understand. Mm-hmm. Like when, like whenever these, when, like when, like that, that DK and those tournaments, those have just started. And when ADPs are soft, these players that are just jumping in, it's why we, when, we, when we run these simulations, we don't just do it against like the expert consensus ranked fantasy pros or against the, you know, mm-hmm. against, um, you know, the different best ball ADPs. It's, it's like, we actually do it against the actual, like, how they're ranked in the queue of, of mm-hmm. places that you're going to be of places that you're going to be picking from because people are still, you know, they come into these drafts. They want to, um, they, they're, they're, they're decent fantasy players. Right. But it's like, it's just human nature. You want to pick one of the guys that's kind of higher up in the higher up in the queue. And and if those guys aren't moving up within the actual queue, it's just an important visual thing that you could think about psychologically that can give you an edge. And so it's just something to really keep in mind. And I've, and I've noticed on DK, there's got, there's guys that you should be picking that you need to scroll down to like find, mm-hmm. which is, which is just a, kind of an interesting nuance. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's something. No, that, you're good. Like that's a thought that I've had in ha- had in my head. So when you mentioned DK specifically, that that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, and their ADP is just soft right now. I mean, I still haven't seen it updated ever since launch. Now, if you go over to like, uh, we have a new partnership with Underdog Fantasy. Their app is absolutely amazing. They're making uh, improvements, adjustments daily, weekly to that thing. Their ADP is a little bit sharper. Um, now you're not going to get like some of those players that fall in some of those rounds, but. I still find myself gravitating to those two running backs in, in particular because Akers, the situation is amazing. There's still a top 10 offense with the Rams. Now, whether you want to split hairs, whether it's Akers or Henderson, I say get exposure to both of those guys because their ADPs are absolutely amazing. Considering the offensive situation that they're walking into, the Rams are still top 10 in scoring, still top five in red zone attempts per game. So the touchdown opportunities are going to be there. And as far as, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Bill O'Brien is a great GM or that the DeAndre Hopkins trade made a lot of sense, but is David Johnson still in a smash spot this year? He is going to, as long as he stays healthy, smash this year because Carvel's Hyde, we seem like they are not even comparable talents ran for a thousand yards. Their offensive line, I think is underrated. Uh, They're in, they were in the top 12 in most offensive line yard metrics. If you go, go over to like, Football outsiders, they were top 12 in getting their runners to the second level, the open field last year. So as long as he stays healthy, David Johnson is going to be a great return as far as ADP goes. But it's two guys that definitely stand out to me where they're going in drafts, um, especially in best balls right now, that I, I'm, I really can't get away with where they're going at. No, I'm the same. Dude, I'm, I'm getting – I'm seeing – 
in these simulations, sometimes David Johnson falls to the four or five turn. And I'm like, That's man, I, I would, I would take him. I, w- I would take David Johnson before I take Le'Veon Bell. Where, where are you on, on Le'Veon Bell? I know I didn't tell you I was going to ask about it, but no, there, you're was good. That, there was that report earlier today about Adam Gase saying, you know, he's down to 210, 215 pounds. Adam Gase saying, we're going to think of creative ways to use him. But then of course the bold fucking banana in the tailpipe. He's saying that well, we're, we're gonna like we're not sure exact, but you know we. I, I think I did a bad job with him last year, and that we need to make sure that you know he's twenty eight years old. We need to make sure that we spell him. To me, it's like I just I have a hard time. I have a hard time trusting Adam Gase any farther. He's than a full cool for me. I, I don't I don't have any exposure to Bell like in any format, and I don't plan to this year because if you're looking at it, it's really just a volume play, like for the Jets. That's really the only attractive thing. And and Gase, when he gets into the red zone, loves to throw. It's all slot receiver action. So get your Jamison Crowder exposure if you want to. But I, I don't find myself going to Bell because we know that Frank Gore is going to be a thing. Like he is going to factor into this backfield. If you're going for the straight volume play, why take Le'Veon Bell in the fourth and fifth when you can get David Montgomery in the fifth or sixth? Like that's the thing that I don't understand that nobody can like parse out for me because – I understand that the Jets' offensive line is going to be supposedly better this year. McGovern's an up- upgrade. Becton's an upgrade. I, 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 I don't disagree with all of that. The right side of their line is still bad. And I don't see where the touchdown equity is going to come from with Bell. Like, Gates doesn't run when he gets close to the end zone. Like, when he gets near the 5 or the 10. Over the last few years, I want to say it's over the last two years, he's had only, like, nine rushing attempts inside the 5 or the 10. So... Can Bell still get the work? Yeah, it's in the range of possibilities. Is he going to do a whole lot with it? Because even all the volume we saw last year, he ripped off. It was either one or zero 20-yard runs last year. So I just don't see it, Alex. I mean, I, I, I can't make the case to myself to press the draft button for Le'Veon Bell when it's really just purely a volume narrative and there's guys going after him that I'm like, I'll press the button on them all day. If you if if you look at if you go to PFF and you look at their like their um, whatever their like premium stats and, and you go to the mm-hmm. running backs and you and you sort by breakaway run percentage, which I guess is runs over fifteen yards or something like Le'Veon Bell, you gotta like you gotta like look for the next fifty players you, you to, keep to be able to get down to him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's bad. And I, I also agree. Like the the Texans' offensive line, I'm doing our offensive line rankings right now, um, and. Like as I'm going through it and just looking at it, Houston's offensive line, um, maybe a little bit. I mean, definitely better than last year for sure. I mean, you look at it from last year's. I'm updating it. You know, the left tackle I had in there last year. I mean, it was it was it was it was Julian Davenport. Like this is going to be a this is going to be a big big upgrade to this whole unit, especially with the way that some of these players uh, played last season. And of course, I mean, if you get continuing development out of player Tunsil. and. Um, the other thing I was going to say was about Le'Veon Bell. You know, if Darnold's healthy the whole time, and then if we get Jamison Crowder and he stays healthy, and you inject Denzel Mims into there, and I know you lose Robbie Anderson, but you inject Rashad Perriman into there, and you get Chris Herndon in there, it's like all of a sudden, I mean, I understand everybody's back healthy. The, the offensive line's better. Maybe the offense will take a little bit better. But I mean, some of that volume is going to have to go have have to go elsewhere. There there was there was times last season where Le'Veon Bell was the only game in town that dude never scored over twenty points in standard last year. He didn't yeah. score more than twenty five points in PPR. The only thing he brought you was a decent PPR floor, 
And so, I mean, that's just, but that's not what I'm looking to, a decent PPR floor is not what I'm looking to add in the third round of my fantasy drafts, especially when it comes with the disaster of possibly being tied to fucking Adam Gase. It's like, there's no, there's, there's, there's no, no ceiling there. Like even the floor, I feel like the bottom can fall out of it. And there's really no ceiling. Like Alex in the best of his range of outcomes, where could you see bell? Like if everything just like works out in his favor, what's his ceiling? I, well, RB15, if, if, if everything worked out, if, if, if everything worked out, you know, in a top, top 5% outcome, I say a top five percent outcome. He could be an RB one. I just, I, I mean, since when are you going to start, start, start banking on on with Adam Gase? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, with that with Gase, I don't, I don't even know, man. It's 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 just for me. It's a, for me. It's be, it's becoming more and more of a fade. The more and more information that we get, and the more and more that you kind of think about it. Um, okay, well, a guy who's a guy who's going in the opposite direction is Antonio Gibson, one of my favorite, just young players in the league. He hasn't played it down yet, but certainly a dude that we identified. Me and Byron and our buddy Matt Matt Kelly from Roto Underworld just there in the stands at the Senior Bowl. Right off the bat, it was obvious he's big, he's fast, he's got burst, he can ca- he can just catch the shit out of the football. Uh, and now Darius Geis is oh, I don't even know what's going to happen with Darius Geis with these newest uh, charges. He came in or these newest allegations. He came into the league. Do you think Darius Geis is going to even play play again? Oh, it's it's. It's dicey, man. I could see him just totally falling out of the league. Like, what has he done? He hasn't been able to stay healthy. I know he's been productive, but we haven't seen a long enough stretch. I think, man, I I could see him easily not even getting another job. As crazy as that sounds, I was I would say I feel bad for the guy because I've kind of you know kind, kind of known him through the process, but it's kind of hard to fucking feel bad for a dude whenever you. Just, yeah, hear I mean, about the allegations the that just, came just, out. Just just let it Bro. just just let let we'll let the situation. Um, We'll, we'll let the officials handle it and hopefully, you know, whatever. All right. But Antonio Gibson, um, is he walking into, I mean, is he walking into a bigger role here? His ADP is certainly spiking. I, I don't know if his role is necessarily going to be that much unchanged. I mean, maybe he gets a few more early down carries. I think as long as Adrian Peterson stays healthy, that he's going to walk into what 180, 200 carries this year, he'll still factor in here. Is it sexy? No, but I mean, I like Gibson for the fact that we know that Washington is going to throw the ball. Like they're going to definitively throw the ball more. And Gibson is explosive. Um, one of my buddies over at FTN, Anthony Miko, just put out an article and called Antonio Gibson the arbitrage James White. And I'm totally with it, man. Like I love that. Um, I think that you look at how this offense could possibly look for Washington in this year and Scott Turner last year got his four-game cup of coffee with the Panthers. They were first in passing rate, like, during those four games. And looking at Gibson, I think that's where his role is. I mean, the Panthers were sixth in the NFL in red zone – I mean, in uh, target share to the running backs. I think that he, considering his split role, I think that – I mean, he's a home run threat anytime he touches the ball, and that explosiveness is going to play up regardless, even with a bad offensive line. So you're telling me you're going to get him in space and give him these easy check downs to take one of the house. I, I like Gibson. I think that he's probably going to be a top, I think, 36 running back for me. If I were to just rank him off the top of my head right now, top 36, top 40 running back in PPR settings um, for me. I think his ADP is all over the map right now because people, whether it's hype or, if you could get him in best balls, even right now, like in that handcuff, 
like ninth round, maybe tenth round. I think he's probably going to go ahead of that right now. I think he's probably going to get all the way up to the eighth, um, maybe a little bit higher depending on what you see in some drafts. But am I in on him? Yeah, it cost. I like him a lot. I just, I mean, people need. This is a guy that I, I mean, I had him ranked. Uh, I had him ranked over Cam Akers as a pure prize. Wow! Yeah, I mean, that's, people. That's awesome. People, people. I mean, he's. I like it. He 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 weighs two hundred and thirty pounds and he and he runs a four three nine. I mean he's he's was he touched like you just look at this he touched the football seventy one times last season and and he scored twelve touchdowns. It's like, I mean, but Alex, the other thing that 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 I think we're not like as a an industry talking about enough. You talked about the Senior Bowl going back to the draft. Gibson, everybody's talked about this limited like exposure, like how much work he hasn't gotten in college. This is a team that just spent a third round pick on that guy. So (laughs) we need to weigh like how much that, what that says about reading the tea leaves. Some of the clearest indications that we get from like NFL teams are free agency in the draft. And they just spent a third round pick on a guy with that limited like amount of touches in college. So I think that says something too. The 2020 Rosterwatch Draft Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet is back. Just follow the three simple rules and an expert quality draft is guaranteed. That's it, three simple rules. It doesn't get any easier. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. Just bring along the Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet to your draft and dominate. It's only $5.99. Download now at rosterwatch.com. It's the ultimate draft cheat sheet only at rosterwatch.com. What are you going to do whenever you have you, you have to push the button and the two best players uh, on your queue are Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette? How are you going to how are you going to split the difference between those two guys? Are are you, are you in on either? Are you totally out on either? How do you do it? Um, I, I mean, the quick answer for you is that um, I want to say neither. Um, and a lot of times in round three, that's really round four. That's really wide receiver rounds to me. Um, if I am picking one of these guys, I think it's going to be Todd Gurley for me. And I don't think that like, so I just wrote up the Falcons for, for FTN, um, my entire breakdowns up on the site right now. Um, I am really worried about Todd Gurley this year. Um, if I had to parse between these two guys, I'm going to go with the guy that I think that has the safer role He's in a better offense. I think that he probably walks into a similar workload that he saw with the Rams last year. I do think that his touchdown equity goes down, though, because the Rams are the sixth most heavy run-heavy team inside the red zone last year. The Falcons are not going to do that. They are going to pass whenever they get close inside the 20. So I think that his touchdown equity goes down, but can he make up some of that just being in a better offense and just more opportunities? Yes, I'm totally out on Leonard Fournette this year. I think that nothing is off the table as far as with the Jaguars. They've for everybody that talks about we've we've heard the narrative like they could just run into the wheels fall off this year. The other side of that coin we've already seen come to fruition. They have benched him for no reason in the past. I'm not going to rule out that they could do that easily again. Um, is that probably like in the median range of outcomes? No, but I think that there's more risk and not as much upside considering that I, I'm really high on Jags, like as far as their pass catchers this year. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I just, I mean, Chark or, or anybody outside of Chark. I like Chark where he's going. Um, 
I like him a lot. I mean, last year before he was dinged up, he was a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy. So I think that if we got a full 16 games out of him, we could have seen top top 12 production out of him last year because that's that's the path that he was on. But other guys that are going in drafts right now, like I, I love LaVisca Chenault as a late-round best ball pick. I think that he spells probably the death of D.D. Westbrook in the slot because Chenault, when you saw him at his most, like his ceiling – in production in college, that was 2018. He played about half of his snaps out of the slot that year. So I like Chenault, and one of my hot takes in the industry right now has been I'm heavy into Josh Oliver because he costs nothing. He's free. The Jaguars, like Gruden, has utilized his tight ends up and down. Tyler Eifert is not a full-time player at this point in his career. I think that Oliver, if you look at him on paper – versus Jordan Reed, he is a more athletic tight end than even Jordan Reed was. That's <laughs> so crazy, dude. It is. It's insane to me. And, like, Oliver's not getting a lot of press. Like, not a lot of people are out there talking about him. I, I want exposure to him in a lot of different formats, whether you're Dynasty, last pick of redraft, lap, last pick of best ball. I like him in all these formats because he costs nothing. I feel like the upside and the usage could be there. Last year, he only played like three games towards the end of the season. He ran 20 or more rounds. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Outs in two of those three games. So for a guy that was not involved up until that point, the Jags wanted to get this dude involved. Now, I know the targets weren't there. They're going to throw this year. They could be there this year. And so I'm in on their pass catchers at cost. Josh Oliver ran a four six three at two hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> I forgot that. I was just, I was just, I was, I was just having to look back up his, look oh yeah, back up his his metrics because that was crazy to hear you say that about his athleticism. But yeah, I mean, what a seventy seventy fourth percentile spark athlete. It's pretty, pretty, pretty athletic for a dude that nobody's talking about. It his like forty and his uh, his burst score what above the eightieth? I want to say they're eighty fourth percentile off the top of my head. Um, I don't. I don't have the burst score. Po- I I could look him up on Player Profiler to find his burst score. Let's just look it up real quick. Hold on. I want to make sure I get all these numbers right because I just have it in this uh, Player Profiler. Let's let's give our buddy Matt Kelly a shout out here. Player Profiler Josh Oliver and oh, that's over tight end. Yep. So it's um, your let's see, forty yard dash, eighty seventh percentile. Yeah, four six three speed score. 87th percentile burst score 57th percentile but oh and here's but here's the spark 71st percentile so uh somewhere between 71st and 74th percentile depending on if you look at three sigma athlete or if you look at player profile or still and it's man, best it's, comparable as this year's hype hype uh object <laughs> hey nurse baby yeah all right well cool man josh oliver didn't think we were gonna be talking about him here on the podcast but i'll tell you this man i think of the other the other the other kind of you know, LaVisca Chenault, if you that dude took over that dude took over football games in the year of He's a freak, man. He's a total and freak. It's like there is he has a backdoor sort of or sort of like a trapdoor way of of 
if he doesn't get you the production in the traditional ways that you think he could, it's like it's not out of the question that at some point he could be he could be taking carries away from from Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. Like there's all kinds of ways that he could get involved in weird situations that you could you could see happen with just a a chess piece like him. I've been I've been interested in LaVisca Chenault ever since I saw him as a sophomore in high school right up there by where right up there in the Dallas area right there from uh, where where you live. I I think he's from DeSoto. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right. So uh, we, we were, t- some, somehow we got into the Jags pass catchers. Oh, we were talking about running backs. And I asked you if you like those guys, uh, when, when you mentioned DJ Chark, I was just, do you like him more than Terry McLaurin right now? I lean towards McLaurin only because I am high on the Jags pass catchers as much as I like Chark. And I think that he could absolutely go into the targets. There's nobody that's going to fight McLaurin on that depth chart. Like, I think that, like I was talking about, Washington's going to pass more. They're going to run faster this year. I think that McLaurin, because I, I haven't looked at y'all's projections, Alex. McLaurin, wh- wh- where do you think his targets sit this year? Like, I think that his floor is probably, what, 120-ish, 115 targets this year? Let me see. And mm-hmm. for me, that gives him the lean over chart because I think that there is more talent on the Jacksonville depth chart as far as pass catchers. And I think McLaurin is just going to smash. Like he, he showed us last year. All he needs is replacement level quarterback play, and they're going to run more pass plays. And I think that Haskins, because of all these things and scheme fit and the changes they made around him at the OC level, it's going to help everybody in Washington this year. So let's see. Ninety three targets for him last year. Fifty eight mm-hmm. receptions. This year, I mean, do you think he could get a? I just, I mean, we have him around 70, 71 receptions. So if he stayed at the same rate clip as last year, and he figured that that would get better, um, yep. if he got a, just a little bit better, the completion percentage to Terry McLaurin, you're we're talking, like, I thought pegging for like 115, 115, yep. 118 targets, something. I don't, yeah, I, mean, I think 120 is about a really good median for him well, right yeah, now. Like, like, yeah, like 120. I think that that's yep. per, this. Perfectly reasonable, and to, and let's also mention Terry McLaurin's objective, pretty much at this point, objectively awesome. If you look at everybody that does the charting, everybody that does yep. all this stuff, like they just say he's just such a one of the league's best route runners already, and we know that the speed's there. We know, like we've seen it with our own eyes now. So I think I'm with you. I think uh, I think it's a really tough decision between D, DJ Chark and Terry McLaurin, and um, it's one that I'm constantly battling in my head. And but it's 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 easy to make it. E- Easy to make an argument for for either. That's why fantasies can be hard sometimes, right? It's like, golly, man, you get some of these uh, you get some of these dichotomies between two players. Um, okay, so just to, let me just ask you a couple things, a couple off topic things. You said you're from New Orleans. What's a better uh, What's a better? Or you're you're from, you're from Louisiana, but I'm guessing you spent time in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and you're a New Orleans Saints fan. What is a better New Orleans creation? Is it beignets or is it those? Charboiled oysters. Oh, that is a great. <laughs> um, man, I just I'm gonna lean towards the oysters because I feel like so whether good. it's Southern cuisine, I and don't get me wrong, I love beignets. Like Cafe Du Monde is one of the first places we would go to anytime we we go to visit the city. Um, and I do get homesick around Mardi Gras time, but there is nothing like. Uh, New Orleans cuisine like I mean 
I'm sorry. Like I understand other places around the nation have great food. There is New Orleans is second to none. Like whether it's crawfish, whether it's gumbo, whether it's charbroiled oysters, it's all a step above for me. Do you like Do you like your gumbo to have the seafood in it, or do you like your gumbo to have like the chicken and the uh, like the chicken and the sausage and stuff, or is it just all of the above? How like what is it? Um, what is the real native like? So I I usually lean towards chicken and sausage, um, and a lot of times. Uh, if we go home and have in-laws cooking and stuff like that, if it's not myself, uh, we'll even toss like sausage and then we'll even toss duck in there too. My father-in-law like makes the best sausage and duck gumbo ever. Whoa. Oh, that sounds, that sounds amazing. It is. That sounds sounds great. Because you go, it's like you you go after these ducks and you're like, what the hell am I going to do with these ducks whenever I get them? Um, toss them in a gumbo is a great, is that, or like a, Fantastic. Some, some, some kind of, some kind of Cajun deal. That that's, 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 I'm going to have to keep that in mind, but here's the thing. Making a gumbo is not easy. Nope. You got to make the roux, right? That's the tough part, right? You got to make like the base with stuff. You got to sit there. I, re, I remember I had an uncle that could sometimes, they could kind of half-ass make it, but he can't, he couldn't make it like a real Louisiana guy, but you got to sit there over the pot for a long time, making sure there's things, it's exact consistency. And then you can add in all the rest of the shit. So mm-hmm. gumbo, quite, quite, quite an undertaking. Okay. Um, JJ Zacharyson, who was on this pod last week, he had a uh, Twitter thread this morning saying like, look, this time of year, I get a bunch of career stuff from people. I do too. It's been I've been working in I've been working full time for here for a long time. And it's a diff, it's a completely different space now than it was whenever I started whenever, whenever I got my first full time job working in this. What do you tell people that want to work in fantasy um, if they were looking to um, get a job at a place like FTN or you know anything else? What do they need to, what, what do they need to do to make it happen? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this on the side for the last four years and only recently until getting hired by FTN. Have I like made the switch to full time in this? So I understand that there are a lot of smart people in this industry that do a lot, a lot of work yeah. to and, and people will still come up in my DMs and be like, you know, how do you get to that point, especially after me making the announcements of, uh, of, of making the switch? And really, I think it's just it's. Two different things. And a lot of people will come out there and say, well, do something that's not being done in the industry. Man, that is so incredibly difficult right now. The only two, the best two things that I can give to somebody to, to say, if you want to try to carve yourself out a niche, is I feel like the more that we get into, whether it's DFS, betting platforms, things of that nature, or heck, even Dynasty is, is more of a, a talk of the town than it used to be. I feel like finding something that is either underserved or that you were just really good at. And if that's a niche, cultivating that niche and making yourself the best that you could possibly be as you're also adding other like little skill sets to your tool belt. Because for me, I started out as a redraft guy. Then I went super heavy into dynasty over the last two years. I've gotten really big into DFS and just trying to add other pieces and parts to the skill set. Like right now, my my role at FTN, I I write basically anything that's needed. So right now I'm working on team previews. DK pricing for week one came out. I wrote a quick reaction piece to that. I write Dynasty. I'll even do some prop betting stuff throughout probably throughout this year. So really it's 
a lot of like companies are going to look for people that not only are really freaking good at what they do, whatever it is that you do, or also being able to be varied in your skill set, being able to, you know, whether that's audio, video, or just the multitudes of, of platforms and roles that you can fill for a company right now. I really think that that that's probably the best advice that I could give anybody right now. That's good. That's that's good advice. I, th- I think it's a harder deal to navigate, and so it's, it's a bigger it accomplishment now than it was whenever you know ten years ago when we started our company. It's like I I don't know if like, it's just it's just wild. But can, uh, congrats on that. I, I I know you worked real hard for it, and so I, I think that's the other Thank thing. Is like is like you guys see. Um, I've seen this guy's hustle, and like he 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 can't talk about his hustle, but the guy hustles his ass off, and that's another part of it. You you, you got to work real hard. Um, oh yeah, like I I put out a tweet the other day, and it was like people were were asking me. They were like, "Dear God in hell!" Like I thought that like I grinded. I mean, I was like trying to give like like a snippet into like the end of last year, what it looked like for me. I'd work Saturday nights. I'd work all the way up until lock on on Sundays. I'd sleep two hours, get up after working an overnight shift and readjust for late swaps and then go back to sleep for two more hours and then get back up and write showdown stuff. And they're like, whoa. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, like that's that's what's up, man. Like if, if you really want to try to like carve yourself a niche, I mean, sometimes you got to just try to outwork people, man. Love it. Love it, man. That's, that's, that's fucking awesome. All right. So I'm going to get you out of here after just for, after we play a quick game of uh, that I'm, that I've decided to call level of confident level of confidence. And it's a scale of one to 10. Okay. So you have to tell me your level of confidence in, uh, in each one of these things. And trust me, I'm not going to ask you if Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. I'm just trying, I was, just, <laughs> I, was I was just trying to scare you there on the show sheet. All right. But, but your, uh, but your level of confidence that Joe Mixon finishes ahead of Clyde Edwards, Elayer and PPR this year. Three. I don't see it happening at all. Uh, Cooper Cup sees a decent payday at some point in the near future with the Los Angeles Rams. Three or four. I don't see it happening because I think that they they forecasted what they wanted to do. The Van Jefferson pick in the second round and and you look at for next year, they're 30th in cap space. So they're going to have to do a lot of maneuvering. They got other guys like Ramsey that still needs to get paid. I don't know, man. I have a hard time thinking that Cooper Cup's going to end up still with the Rams. What about Matt Breida and Jordan Howard? What's your what's your level of confidence that Matt Breida outtouches Jordan Howard this year in Miami? I'd say it's probably about a four, um, honestly, so, because so you're on the Howard side of that. I'm on the Howard side because unless Breida is going to be the next CJ Spiller, I don't see it happening. Um, do I think that Breida is more talented than Howard? Yes. Do I think that Howard? just fits a role that, that if you look back for Richard Chan Gailey, Chris Ivory, other big backs that he's used in, in previous years, he's going to have a role as long as he's healthy. And I just don't see – That's a good point. That's I don't see point. Breida being able to, to out-touch Howard as long as he stays healthy on the field. Uh, that's 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 one of the better points that I've, that I've heard about it, the uh, his, historical Chan, Chan Gailey usage. Um Hey, how about this? Just how about this level of confidence that Matt Breed is the fastest player in the NFL, as as, as he's claiming based on next gen stats from from last year. Is that, I don't know, man. Is it's, that it's, between zero and negative five? Uh, <laughs> I, there's no like. I'd love to see a, a foot race between him, Tyreek Hill, and Michael Hardman. Hardman, Let, let's set that up because they would burn him all day. Like I just, I, I don't see him keeping pace, man. 
Tyreek Hill scared scared to race Marquise Goodwin. I guess Marquise Goodwin's that's pretty fair too. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, all right, okay. What your 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 level of confidence that Devontae Freeman sees one hundred touches in any future season? Zero. <laughs> you, you just is is he done? I think he's dust. I don't think that he's going to go anywhere. I think that he's either going to want too much money, and I and I don't, I don't blame him for that. But I don't. I, I have a hard time seeing him back in the league right now. Your level of confidence that Drew that Drew Locke is the real deal. I'm so split on it. I'm going to give you five because I think that the weapons around him this year, even if he's not the real deal, could make him at least pseudo look like it, um, considering all the talent that he has around him. But do I see him having multiple year like outside of like what two years as a starter? It's murky, man. I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll say five, though. I'm going to hedge here, I guess. Your your level of confidence in recommending uh, a hurricane at Pat O'Brien's to a tourist in New Orleans, and actually believing that it's a good that it's a good tasting drink. Um, depends on what part of the night that you're actually going <laughs> to. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good answer. I, I've been to Pato's at two o'clock in the morning and have stared at the person across from me and said, man, I, I think I got stiff. I don't feel, I don't think there's any alcohol in this drink, which of you have ever had a hurricane at Pato's, you know, is not the case. Um, but uh, overall, am I going to walk in there and order one? Probably not. I, so the level of, con- so the question is though, the question <laughs> is you're telling somebody to go to Pato's and get a hurricane and you're going to love it. What is your level of confidence that they're going to actually love it? Oh, uh... Three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and my best advice about this and like I'm, I'm my worst enemy. I always end up there like late. Yep. Like like you were saying. Same. And they're too sugary. You can't you you don't know the alcohol. And it's the sugariness mixed with the rum that's made of sugar that goes right to your brain and you just gives you the worst hangover in the world. If if, Either if, if you end the night, grenade, you're you're either way. Oh, you're well, gonna be messed up, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> but if you if you go drink a hand grenade at the end of the night, you're gonna wake up with a hangover somewhere in the street. At least the it's hurricane, gonna be bad. <laughs> at least the hurricane, you might get back to your hotel room. Um, okay, uh, your 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 level of confidence in Marquise Brown finishing ahead of Will Fuller this year in PPR. <sighs> um. Four. I'm huge into Fuller this year. I kind of probably could go lower. I'm massive into Fuller as long as he stays healthy, which God, that's the first thing that everybody goes to as far as like Will Fuller. But I mean, I think he's walking into, I mean, I I think it's fair. I I don't disagree with that at all, but his upside is definitely there though, too. And nobody wants to bite because of the injury risk. but, But I think that can we say that his target projection, if he stays healthy is higher than, than Hollywood's. I think it is. Yeah, no, I think so too. I, yeah, I kind of, kind of feel like you know so. Um, yeah. All right, two, two, two more here. Level of confidence that Terod Taylor starts at least ten games for the uh, starts at least ten games for the for the Chargers this year. I'm actually going to lean into this one. I'm going to say a seven. I think oh. that I really think that Anthony Lynn is going to run him out there as a starter. I think unless he had just absolutely face plants. Um, I'm actually a little bit higher on that team than probably consensus right now. I think that they could actually surprise the people if their defense and everything's healthy right now. So if they're in contention, he's going to be the starter. Okay. And the final one for this game, uh, your level of confidence that AJ Green can uh, 
let's say play, stay healthy for let's say 12, 12 games. I'd say a six because six may be borderline in seven and maybe I'm just going glass half full here, but I think that he possibly could have come back last year. So the extra time off, um, I think is going to help him well. I don't think that he's past the age curve where I think he's just going to be dust. So I, 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 I'm with it. He is Derek Brown. You can find him on Twitter at dbro underscore ffb, and also on the new Fade the Chalk podcast with Adam Pfeiffer. It can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Just search for Fade the Chalk in there. Um, he's also now with the Fade the Noise. Uh, is, is it fadethenoise.com or is it ftnnetwork.com? Where can they go directly to the site? Yeah, so we have basically the three arms of Fade the Noise right now, um, it, whether it's ftnfantasy.com, ftndaily.com, or ftnbets.com. So either one of those, my, my content is mainly found on uh, the fantasy and daily side. But we really, I mean, we're catering to all parts and, and pieces of the fantasy and betting industry right now, Alex. So head over to any one of the sites right now. Um, you can use my promo code. It's Debro. You can save 5% on getting signed up on the site. Um, we are coming out with a ton of content daily. Um, we had a bunch of subs take down uh, – DFS last night as far as MLB. We've had League of Legends. I mean, it's it's been fantastic since launch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, a, t- a ton of content over there. So make sure and go check it out. And please, guys, go give them a follow at Debro underscore FFB. All right, man, I'm going to get you out of here. Just one, one, more, one more take from you. The one player in all of fantasy whose ADP is the most egregious and cockamamie. Why do people not like Tyler Lockett? I don't understand it. I really don't like he's going as wide receiver 23 right now behind DK Metcalf. And it really is egregious to me because if you look at last year when he was healthy, he was wide receiver five in fantasy points per game until he got hurt. So like he gets hurt when we can. It it, it fucking hurt bad. Hurt bad. He did. And then he didn't, he didn't even (laughs) go past 43 receiving yards in any of the next four weeks. But then he rebounds in week 15 when they say, look, he's fully healthy and he was the wide receiver 20 for the rest of the season, and he's going as wide receiver 23 right now behind the rookie of last year who still has a limited skill set. Just Seattle really, really utilized him to his peak last year. So, yeah, give me all the Tyler Lockett. I think it's crazy. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.